quick word before the show. News is happening fast, but doesn't take a lot of time to keep up. The NPR podcast Up First is the best way to get 10 minutes of the day's top news. Every weekday morning. Check out Up First on the NPR One app and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, y'all. This is Sam's Aunt Betty. Today's guest from The Washington Post, columnist Alexandra Petri, and from NPR's Code Switch team, Gene Demby. All right, let's start the show. That's Aunt Betty. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's going to dog sit my dog for a few days over the weekend. That's she's very excited up. about it. Oh, wow, but she's not a real relative, though, I hear. According oh, she's to- actually my aunt. But, like, according to the travel ban, aunts aren't real relatives. So. <laughs> hey, y'all. Sam Sanders here. It's been a minute. That was Aunt Betty. She sends her regards. Welcome to the show. Uh, we don't do theme music on Fridays. Each week, we start with a different song. I'll explain this song in a second, but it's really fun, right? It's a mm-hmm. fun song. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. why don't we get theme music? I feel left out. Because I want to pick a song that matches the mood of the week. Okay. Every week. All right. I want, to, I want you to explain this. Okay. Yeah. 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 Justify this choice. Yes, yes, yes. But first, we have uh, two very special people in the booth. You heard, right? Alexandra Petri from the Washington Post. She writes their compost blog. Best name for a blog ever. (laughs) And NPR's Gene Demby in the booth here in D.C. from NPR's Code Switch. What's good, man? So Code Switch is our team at NPR that covers race, ethnicity, and culture. Also, Gene, congrats on your Code Switch podcast turning a year old. Is it like, this week? It's like CP time because it was actually like a year, a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how it goes. You know how it goes. So. so we're here to talk about what happened this week in the news, the culture, everything. Mm-hmm. We'll share some stories that stuck with us throughout the week. A big news survey about how Americans view discrimination, minimum wage in Seattle, and some tweets and stuff from our president. We'll also call up a listener from outside of Washington, D.C. and ask them what's going on in their neck of the woods plus a game or two, and we'll end the show as we always do with listeners describing the best thing that happened to them all week. Yeah, Got a lot for you. Have you guessed this song yet? No. It's no. really good. It's delightful. It's from a movie that came out this week. Oh, Baby Driver. Yeah! Oh, this is, so I this knew is the original it, Baby Driver? It's like the first song in Baby Driver. Okay. It's not like Baby Driver the song, which apparently is a song. That's also yeah. a song. This song is called Bell Bottoms. It's by the John Spencer Blues Explosion. It is the first song you hear in this movie, Baby Driver, starring, I can never say his name. Ansel Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort. Anyways, this song is like from 1994. um, And I thought I knew all the 90s music. I had never heard of this song before. I'd never heard of this band before. But I like it. It sounds like classic rock, though. And so in the middle of the song, they do this. It's so crazy. Bell bottoms. Oh, that's great. Bell bottoms. So, okay. Okay. No, go ahead. No, no, I was just curious. What? Why Bellbot? I mean, just why curious. not, Gene? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Bellbottoms. They just say Bellbottoms. <laughs> that okay? This they should have led with this because this is the part of the song I'm most bored with. He's just shouting Bellbottoms. Bellbottoms. <laughs> Woo. Okay. Um, even though this is our second Friday wrap mm-hmm. for the podcast. There'll be some folks that haven't heard us before. I'm gonna take a little bit of Shame. time to explain the show to them. You guys bear with me, okay? Okay, let's do it. First, the show is called It's Been a Minute. That is another way of saying let's catch up. We do that every Friday with these episodes. We talk about the week of news and everything, the highs, the lows, the fun, the serious. We also have Tuesday episodes. We call those deep dives. We catch up with one person or talk about a single topic. This upcoming Tuesday, I got a special guest in honor of America Day, July 4th, from HBO's Veep, Timothy Simons, who plays Jonah. 
He was much nicer than Jonah. I was, that's not like a very high bar to clear. Though, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? No, he was great. Also, we have some really great Tuesday shows lined up for you in the future. Filmmaker and actress Zoe Lister-Jones. Wow. Jeff Basker, who's produced for everyone. Kanye, Mark Ronson, Bruno Mars, and Harry Styles. Um, also, one of my favorite writers, the author Anne Helen Peterson yes. of BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed yeah. She was delightful. Her new book is out. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. So those will be coming up on Tuesdays. Nice. All right. We're done with the explainers. Shall we? Let's do it. All right. Yes. Start the show as we always do. I ask my panelists to describe the week of news and culture and everything in three words. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. What are your three words? My words are no more tweets. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a descriptive statement so much as it is a prescriptive statement. (laughs) But it is definitely what I wish for this week. I agree. And we'll talk more about all of those tweets. That's your story for the week. Yeah. Um, It's like a roller coaster. Like, just in the last few hours, the plot has twisted again. It's insane, but we'll get to it. Yeah, no, it's like there's too much news this week and all of it's bad, which I realize is just 2017 in a nutshell. (laughs) There's not been a week that I couldn't say, you know... Everything has happened, and all of it has been negative. Yes. Even, like, things that should be happy bummed me out. Like, the new Jay-Z album's out today. I don't (laughs) like it. I was trying to play it this morning, like, during my run. Okay. I'll give you my title log. No, I won't. I actually, I I don't cheat the system. That's not going to stay on tape. (laughs) I tried to run to it this morning, and I was just like, no. It's not even enough to have title, though. You need to have title in a sprint. Uh, Sprint needs to be your wireless carrier. Oh, no. No, 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 it doesn't. I have Verizon, and I was able to listen to it. I couldn't listen mm. to it this morning. They're like, Wait, you were... Maybe the reason you have is title. bad. I have title. You have free title. Actually, I did title. not know that I had free title. <laughs> no. Apparently, I, I signed up for title when Rihanna's album came out, and I forgot we all I signed did. up for it. Yeah. Which is how they get you. That's how they get I you. I paid yeah. for it, and oh. I was able to listen to it. I forgot but that I was paying for it. you don't need to listen to it. Pro tip. It's oh. not great. Oh. Maybe the reason mm. it was bad was because you didn't have the right carrier, and so they gave you an inferior version of the album to sabotage. I love it. Anyway, what are your three words, Gene? Um. Why are juries? <laughs> Why are juries? Why are juries? Oh, Explain. Yeah. Um, this is actually sort of a cheat because it was last week, but there were a bunch of big cases that we were covering last week or that we were paying attention to last week in Code Switch. Um, there were three um, cases in which um, police officers uh, were not convicted for mm-hmm. shooting people, shooting unarmed uh, black men. All of those incidents were caught on camera. Yeah. Um, none of those people were convicted. There, there was a mistrial in one. There were two just straight up acquittals. Yeah. And then there was the Cosby case, uh, which was a mistrial. Yeah. Um, and the through line for both the police cases and the Cosby case seems to be like what the juries f- find is like doesn't line up with what they see in, in the cases of the police in the police cases right there's tape there's tape right yeah. um and, and remember a few years ago everyone was like oh we need in these we need these instances body cameras we and need it, to see yeah. footage of and as soon things. as we have footage yeah. and everyone can see things it will yeah. things will change but ha- they haven't really in terms of convictions it, so yeah, yeah it seems like the bar is moved instead. the bar is moved yeah. right now you need like i mean it's just I will not take a position on whether or not it was unsatisfying or not, these outcomes. But I will say that, like, it was remarkable listening to the jurors attempt to explain why they arrived and where they arrived. I would never want to be on a jury now because it seems as if, like, the stakes seem to be higher because there is more press coverage of these things. There's video. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of times you end up knowing who these jurors are. Yeah. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Have you ever been on a jury, either of you? No. no. Yeah, neither of I got called for jury duty during college, but then I... They, 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 then they uncalled me. I think. <laughs> I, I hope that's what happened. Otherwise, I might, like, be on the lam There's for There's actually the a mark <laughs> on your permanent record for missing jury duty. Yeah. Oh, my God. That so my three record. words are, they're still here. Who? Who's they? A lot of people. Mm. <laughs> Jay-Z. Still yes. here, dropping albums that we don't really need. Mitch McConnell. R.I.P. to your mentions. I love Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. I love him, but not this. Not I miss the old Jay-Z. 
But he's, I mean, he is the old Jay-Z now. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you miss the young Jay-Z. I miss the young Jay-Z. <laughs> he's a middle-aged so, man yeah. rapping about marriage and, and therapy now. Yeah, have you seen the photos of him at SoulCycle? No. no. What? Yes. At your leisure, Google yes. Jay-Z SoulCycle. <laughs> I want a thousand words on this. I don't want to see the picture. I just want... You need to write that. Yeah. Um, so Jay-Z is still here. Mitch McConnell, in spite of all these low numbers for the GOP, is this close to pushing through a health care bill in the Senate? Donald Trump is still here tweeting crazy stuff. Like, I have been not surprised, um, but reaffirmed in my belief that old men going to old men. <laughs> and they do the things they've always done. And that's it. You said after Donald Trump was elected that he was probably going to still be tweeting. You're like, yeah. Yeah, his tweet behavior yeah. probably won't change. Yeah. I mean, like, Jay-Z has been making albums for, what, 30 years now? This is 13th album? This is 13th wow. album. He's yeah. going to keep doing it. Donald Trump has been saying weird stuff about women since women. <laughs> like, this is not a surprise. So my three words are, they're still here. What will be the weird thing you're doing as an old man when you're like 55? I mean, no, no shade to 55 year olds. Let's say yeah. 65. <laughs> talking to myself. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. Oh, man. I talk to myself so much. I feel like I talk to myself less than I used to. And I wonder why that is. <laughs> You need to get back to the old you. Yeah, no. Are you bored by yourself now? Like, yeah, I've, I've said all that I had I to, say. to say. <laughs> I know everything you're going to yeah. say. All right, time for a quick break. We'll be right back with a new game and long distance where we call a listener and see what's up in their neck of the woods. BRB. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Angie's List. Home improvement season has arrived, and Angie's List is here to help. At Angie's List, they have the tools to help homeowners tackle their to-do list with confidence. Whether you need windows clean, your lawn mowed, or remodeled, they'll help you find the perfect pro for the project. Angie's List is now free to join, and members receive exclusive benefits and discounts on home services. Visit Angie'sList.com today. Angie's List. Home is where our heart is. Support also comes from Discover. You check things all the time, like your email or social media. But Discover asks, what about checking something as important as your credit score? Well, Discover makes it quick and easy with the Discover Credit Scorecard. Discover is offering FICO credit scores to everyone for free, even if you're not a customer. And once you know your FICO credit score, you should check to see if your current credit card is the best fit for you. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. We are back with Gene Demby and Alex Petri. All right, it's time for a segment we call Scary or Not. Do your thing. Don't be scared. <laughs> yes. Brent made that. <laughs> that Brent, was Brent. that was a bit extra, Brent. We're gonna tone that down for the next time. <laughs> so the game is very. That was some mystical. Shout out mystical or so, mystical. Mystical. It's, it looks like it's mystical, but it's mystical. Okay, mystical. Anyway, Alex, here's an envelope. Uh-oh. Inside is a color photograph because we have color printers on the fifth Whoa. floor. Are you serious? Open the. Yeah, we, we, up here. You didn't know that? No, not at all. What do y'all have? You got these little monitors. Typewriters? Come on. I had to yeah. highlight things, you know what I mean? <laughs> a man with a quill pen who <laughs> writes really fast. <laughs> Smack him on the back of the head. Faster. <laughs> so basically, open that envelope. There's going to be a color photograph. Both of you look at it and tell me if Uh-oh. it's scary or not. I'm trying to open it near the microphone so we have like verisimilitude. Yes. Whoa, um, word choice. Love it. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> 
are these? <laughs> Can you describe what you're seeing for listeners, please? I some like sticky oblongs. Um, we got like brown jellies. They're all really tiny. I bet they're like ticks or leeches or something. <laughs> the thing that makes it scary is that we don't know what it is. So yes. I feel like what you're about to say is going to be like disgusting. So these are sea pickles. Wait, wait. Oh, so oh. these aren't flat? Wait, I can't. They're like tubes. Their they're, they're scientific name is pyrosomes. They're actually organisms that live in the ocean. Oh, did they start as sea cucumbers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the history, but basically because the water's getting warmer on the West Coast, they've been washing up uh, on shores from NorCal to Alaska. They clog up fish nets. They wash up on beaches. They also look really weird, and they can light up. They're really creepy. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa. Light up like bioluminescence? Like... <laughs> Look at you. They can light up. Yeah. And so everyone is thinking that it's tied to unusually warm ocean conditions along the coast. But these are colloquially called sea pickles. Do they like, can they move or do they just like move with the current or do they like. I'm going to look up a sea pickle video. <laughs> but, but, but first, before that, are they scary or not? Um, well, now that I know they glow, no. I think that that sounds awesome. <laughs> but before you knew, were they scary? Uh, I feel it, like if you were on a beach and saw one of these, I would run you'd be the shook. Other way. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is that? Shooketh. Yeah, when I thought it was something that could, like, sneak into your body, I was more scared of it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my. Okay. So, scary-ish. Scary-ish. <laughs> okay. So, it's almost time for us to each share our stories of the week. But first time for a segment that we call Long Distance. A little bit of Drake. We call a listener somewhere outside of Washington and ask them what's happening in their neck of the woods. Today, on the line from Green Bay, Wisconsin, hey. we have Chris. Chris, hi. Hey, Sam. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good. Happy Friday. Oh, I know. How's the weather out there? Uh, it's been raining a lot. It's oh. almost like spring up here. Okay. Um, for the past week, it's been kind of crazy. <laughs> in my head, is always snowing in Green Bay, like all year round. Yeah. So yeah. you're hearing the voice oh, of Gene Dimby, my friend and colleague. I also have Alex Petri here in the booth in the Washington Post. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hey. How's it going, man? Hey. Good, good. Are you a shareholder in the Packers? No, I I'm anti-sport and oh. I live in terrible. I live in a terrible city. To yeah, you to say. So you've moved into <laughs> yeah. enemy territory. Yeah, I know. In the grocery lines, people don't ask about the weather; they talk about the Packers, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Brett <laughs> yeah. Favre, man, we miss him. <laughs> there you go. No, that's that's some dangerous conversation, depending on who you talk. Oh, that's about. true. Actually, yeah. he's very polarizing. Yeah, though, yeah. Because of the betrayal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When you're not watching the rain, what do you do there in Wisconsin? Uh, I work for a trucking company. Uh, I'm uh, basically a load planner for a fleet of about 100 trucks that service the Wisconsin and Illinois area. Cool. And uh, we mostly move, uh, in the Green Bay area, a lot of what we move freight-wise is paper, and specifically toilet paper, which is... Whoa! Uh, hey! It's a nice, it's a nice business, because it's not very seasonal. <laughs> <laughs> it would be frightening if it were seasonal. Oh, <laughs> very God. frightening. Well, yeah, uh, that's right. Well, for the most part, it's pretty consistent, so it works out. So is your job kind of like air traffic control, like the scheduling, logistics, like that stuff? Yeah, it's it's a lot like Oregon Trail, actually, I would Love say. It. Yeah, less dysentery, but only just. <laughs> uh, well, you have to get the There you go. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, planning the trucks to uh, move around, make sure that we're servicing customers and, and moving freight from A to B in yeah. a timely and efficient manner and all that. So what story shall we discuss this week from your neck of the woods? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think there's uh, there's a lot of interesting things going on in trucking generally that most mm-hmm. people don't really spend a lot of time thinking about. But okay. like trucking is the foundation of the entire consumer economy in the United States. I and, believe it. Yeah, like everything in every store, uh, it had to get there on a truck. And uh, at the end of 2017, there's a new DOT regulation going. DOT meaning Department of Transportation. Gotcha. And it's going to reshape the entire um, trucking industry essentially, or start to. Um, in December of 2017, this was a regulation that actually was proposed under the Obama administration and is just going into effect that time. Every truck on the road will be required to have an electronic log of their drive hours. Huh. Uh, right, right now, companies can use paper logs, and drivers can fudge those logs to just kind of keep driving and drive too long. Why and- would drivers fudge it? Just to be able to drive more? Yeah, drivers are, are paid by the amount of production that they do, not by the time that they're in the truck. Oh, so man. the more miles that they drive in a given day or week means more money for them in the end. So you're incentivizing people to... Right. Yeah, yeah. And the DOT puts limits on how long drivers can be on the road, how long they can work in a day, stuff like that. And, and there's incentive to kind of go around that. But in December, there will be electronic logs, and there's no way to screw around with those. Mm. So a lot of companies um, are going to be consolidating. They're going to be kind of absorbing some of the smaller companies that hmm. either can't afford the, the technology upgrade or can't afford wow. to run kind of above board full-time. Is drivers, this, sorry, go ahead, Jane. How do the drivers feel about, about the e-log regulations? Like, I mean, if they're going to be driving less, and that means they potentially make less money, right? Um, well, for the most part, it, I think the frustration frustration for a big part of it is actually just adapting to the new technology and learning the new computer system. Um, so it's like every workplace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, and I mean, it's there's some special, unique problems when you come when it comes to truckers because of the demographics of what a, a truck driver looks like in America these days. But um, what do you mean? Generally. Well, the truck drivers skew older. Mm-hmm. Um, they Our average age is, I think, probably above 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely uh, a lot of truck drivers who have issues with things like diabetes, sleep apnea, uh, medical issues, because doing the job is really hard. Uh, it's very physically demanding, and it's hard on the body to just, I mean, you think, yeah. well, they're just sitting in the truck for 10 hours a day yeah, or that's whatever. Rough. But that's, that's rough. It is rough, and there's no good food. There's no healthy food. It's hard to get exercise. It's um, long days, long weeks, and so it it really is hard to get actually kind of young, um, experienced, or educated people into truck driving, even though it's it's a decent job pay-wise. But there's there's this thing in the industry that's called the driver shortage. It's a thing everybody's really worried about, and some people think that, you know, self-driving trucks is eventually going to be the answer for it. But, like, there's there's probably, like, 20,000, 30,000 truck driving jobs that need to be filled that just cannot be Listeners out there, yeah, do you hear that? You can listen to NPR as you're driving along. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, Chris, what is on your schedule this weekend for fun? Uh, well, I, I'm in Wisconsin, so for the first time, uh, I actually moved here a couple of years ago, so I finally live in a state where I have easy access to fireworks, which okay. <laughs> yeah. turn up. I've got a three-year-old daughter, so I bought like 20 bucks worth of fountains and pop rocks and things you like that. those so. fireworks. I've seen too many videos of fireworks gone wrong oh, in someone's I know, backyard. I know. I know. It's, it's going to be like smokes and, you know, I light a fountain and we run away. And yeah, I'm not oh, doing yeah. like firecrackers and okay. sparklers or okay. anything. So All right. we're going to be careful about it. But yeah, just, you know, fireworks, go to the pool, 
hang out. Hey, well, Chris, I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the fireworks. Hope your three-year-old daughter has a wonderful Fourth uh, of July. All right, thanks. You guys have fun too. Take care, man. Take care. Bye bye. All right, bye. Thank you, Chris. And listeners, we want to talk to you for this segment. We would love to hear about what's going on where you live. Drop us a note and tell us what's going on in your neck of the woods at samsanders at npr.org. Okay, you guys, it is time for our story swap when we each share a story from the week that was, a story that we worked on, that we're obsessed with, whatever. Alex, you're going to go first. Oh, I am. What's your story? Well, I've just been fascinated not only by the sort of tweet kerfuffle which has happened with for those that haven't heard everyone's already heard but just catch <laughs> oh it yeah up. no i've got the tweet kerfuffle where basically donald trump as is his wont thursday morning he unleashed a barrage of tweets against mika brzezinski saying of msnbc of msnbc a morning joe co-host saying that challenging her mental health and saying that she'd come to mar-a-lago bleeding badly from a facelift and he said no uh around new year's eve so, of course, huge outrage immediately followed. We got some ringing denunciations from both sides of the aisle. Whether those will translate into any sort of activity Also, there were lots of Republicans that, like, denounced it, but in really weird tones. No yeah. one said, you must apologize. They said, I regret his statements. Right. That wasn't a good thing to say. Every I, so I often you get a dipsy doodle. It's my favorite. <laughs> Wait, who said that? Uh, Orrin Hatch was, like, in the midst of, he, he said, admittedly, many other things. Orrin about, Hatch is still there? Yeah. I always forget about that. <laughs> no, he's there. Oh, what did Orrin say? Down the hatches. No, he said many things denouncing it, but then he also said, you know, every once in a while, you get a dipsy doodle. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently was a phrase you could not print in the New York Times back in, like, a few decades ago. Wait, Are you, you, you researched dipsy doodle? No, somebody was tweeting about it, so okay. I, I'll pretend that I did research, but really, I just... <laughs> I feel like there was a cheese snack that I used to eat called dipsy doodles. And I couldn't. Yeah. But all wow. the time was cheese dipsy. It was profane all the time. <laughs> 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 Curse on the time. No, but my favorite thing, though, I think of all the responses, was Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who instead of saying, you know, regrettable, White House spokesperson, doubled down defending it. She went full. You knew he was a scorpion when you tried <laughs> to bring him across the river. <laughs> like literally, they asked, "How do you feel? Did he go too far?" And she goes, "I don't think so." Well, um, then she was like, "Well, everyone else attacks him." Yeah, no, he'll fight back ten times as hard as he's always said. Then she says, "They said, is he a good role model?" And she said, "Only God can be a good role model," which that's a bold statement. Absolutely. Yeah, but like, I'm kind of like, okay, you, you right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like, which God? Like, are we talking Zeus here or are we talking, you Not know? Old Testament God, right? He's a little, yeah. he's a little temperamental. You know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. And until he had kids, he was sort of not very mellow. Um, <laughs> kids mellow you out, man. But what I love about this tweet story, so there was the initial day of coverage of the tweet mm-hmm. and Nico's response because she tweeted back a Cheerio box saying yeah. what it made for, for made tiny for hands. Little hands. Little yeah. hands. But then today, the plot thickens some more. Well, I, what, did something else happen? Apparently today on Morning Joe, Mika and Joe Scarborough were talking more about this. And they said a while back, the National Enquirer was digging into Mika's personal life and her family, trying to write kind of a hit piece on her. Mm-hmm. Right, because they, they and Trump go way back. Exactly. And so over the course of the Enquirer's research for the piece, the White House called Joe and Mika and said, if y'all call Donald Trump, he can get the inquiry off y'all's backs, but you got to apologize for what you said about him wow. on your air. Whoa. They said no. And then Trump tweeted again this morning about the Inquirer piece. It's crazy. This is, yeah, wheels it's within crazy. wheels. 
opening the yes. nesting doll and continuing to go yes. deeper. What's the moral of this story, Alex, if there is one? Uh, there is no moral. There is only <laughs> darkness. I don't know. Part of it makes me think... This is exactly the sort of thing that people in my bubble love to get excited about. Oh, journal Twitter was turning cartwheels yesterday. Yeah, but I also feel like this is also exactly the sort of thing where if I were not constantly glued to the screen, I would be like, oh, Donald Trump insulted a morning television personality. And this is the least thing that I could possibly care about in the world, other than insofar as you want the president to be somebody who isn't spending his time tweeting angrily at the television. But. Of all the sort of fights for everyone to be like, this is where we're staking our claim, I can also see how it would appear to be a big sort of teapot tempest. So it has that dimension to it as well. Yeah. Tweet show. Gene, what's your story? So my story is this humongous survey that came out from the Public Religion Research Institute. So there's this nonprofit, Mm -hmm. nonpartisan think tank here in D.C. They basically do polling on the way Americans feel about other Americans. They did this huge 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 survey when i say huge i mean like a typical survey is like a thousand people in the sample this this survey had forty thousand people in the sample oh wow so like you know if there were four percent of the respondents were queer that's like 1600 people in the sample so you can be like oh how do white gay men in the south feel about you could like break it down those kind of cross um and so what you get is this huge sample size right this huge huge pool you can get this a very pointillist like picture Mm -hmm. of american like attitudes about discrimination which is what they're asking about okay and so some of the findings were just really Interesting. Which one was the wackiest? So the thing that jumped out to me the most, African-Americans were the group least likely to support same-sex marriage, right? With a plurality now do, like 48%. So it was basically a racial group. A racial group, I'm right. guessing like Southern Baptists or even higher. Well, so this is where it gets interesting. So, oh. so 48% of African-Americans support same-sex marriage, which is lower than other groups, but it's basically a plurality now. But African-Americans are also the group most likely to see that gay people face discrimination or, or, and they're opposed oh, yeah. to... Huh. Things like uh, religious-based refusal of service, like things like that. Yeah. Also, like per capita, in polls, a higher percentage of Black respondents' ideas LGBTQ huh. than the percentage of white respondents. That is interesting. Huh. Yeah. That is interesting. Anyway, but I mean, so there, but you find similar responses in their sample too, like uh, Mormons. Obviously, not huge fans of same-sex marriage, but, but they also supported more than Black people. But, well, they were big opponents of religiously based refusal of service, right? Ah, and it's because they have these histories have history. of discrimination, right? Like, they're yeah. marginalized groups, right? Uh-huh. Um, but the big thing that sort of um, was fascinating in all these details was, like, it is hard to untangle the way, like, the gravitational pull of the political parties from the way people, I, like, think about things, right? So, like, black people on same-sex marriage, um, there's been a lot of movement in the direction of support of same-sex mm-hmm. marriage since Obama's um, statement in 2012, like, coming out in support of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um Part of that is obviously, like, he's the first black president. He's enormously influential. But part of that is is he's the head of the party that 95% of black voters belong to, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, party ID matters a great deal in how you like it. Especially nowadays. If if it's an issue you don't care a whole lot about or an issue that's, like, not a top-tier issue, if whatever your party position is, like, that's the position you belong to, right? Yeah, you just check that box. So Americans were more likely in 2015 Mm -hmm. than in 2016 to say that they felt that black people face a lot of discrimination. It it didn't drop a lot in 2016. Mm -hmm. It dropped, like, three or four percentage points. But all of that drop occurred among conservatives and Republicans, white conservatives and Republicans. And the only thing that happened between the two years was that the campaign happened, right? And like, yeah. and you have the Republican Party sort of... Um, well, also, I mean, but, but, but there's more factors. I mean, the, there was the increased visibility of movements like Black Lives Matter and protests across the country. But Those have influenced things? Last year was more the campaign, though, right? I mean, totally, like, there was... There's, totally, there's, totally. The BLM has been around since, what, 20... Since, since Trayvon. Since Tra- well, 14. since Michael Brown, really. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's 2015, 14, 2014, 2015, right? Yeah. Um, 
But once these issues become partisan issues, right? Like once they become partisan issues, then people sort of go to their sides, yeah. right? So once yeah, once it wasn't partisan actually, until the election. It wasn't really. wasn't a partisan issue. Like it mm-hmm. was, I think it was implicitly partisan before yeah. the election, but then explicitly at the RNC, yeah. right? You see, like yeah. you know, you see Sheriff Clark and those people. Like that, it becomes an explicitly partisan issue. Yeah. So how should this, or how can this study and these findings kind of like inform our political discourse? I mean, it seems like what you're saying is the rhetoric of parties and political leaders might not actually perfectly match how people are actually feeling. Mm-hmm. So where do we go from there? I don't know. I mean, because so much of this is like this weird structure, right? I mean, you look at an issue like immigration. Apparently, you know, most Americans are in support of a pathway to citizenship. Then there's another big chunk of Americans who are in support of some sort of legalization of like permanent residency. Only like three in 10 Americans apparently are supportive of like just deportation, right? Hmm. Um, but it doesn't look like that, right? And a lot of that, Robert P. Jones from... PRI was saying, like, a lot of this is because of, like, what districts look like, right? The House members are responsive to, like, a like, much more homogenous... To a base. Um, like, yeah. to a base, right? Um, in a way that s- senators are not. And yeah. so, like, part of this, the, like, the intractability of this issue is not, it's not even about, like, public opinion. It's about... What's your district Political structure, like? right, yeah. 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 Which all comes down to housing. It all comes down to housing. Of everything. everything. Housing, segregation, and everything, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I learned some stuff from both of you yeah. guys. Yeah. This is fun. My story isn't nearly as um, seductive. That wasn't seductive. That was a whole story. My story wasn't seductive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I have been obsessed this week with a couple of dueling studies out of Seattle. That city is gradually raising its minimum wage right. to $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. They're almost there. I think they're at 13 right now. But there were two studies out this week uh, basically saying how this affected the economy and workers. Mm-hmm. One study out of the University of Washington, another study out of the University of California, Berkeley. Ooh. And they had differing results. Okay. And there was kind of a skirmish of sorts this week between the academic community. Uh-oh. Yeah. Clap back. <laughs> Data like, points just exactly. like falling like <laughs> flies. There was even a clapback from a third party. What? The U of Washington study found that when the minimum wage was increased to $11 an hour, that led to a 1.5 increase in hourly wages for all low-wage employees, mm. not just those making the minimum. This was folks making $19 and below. Uh, and they found a modest reduction in employment, but not too big. So wages go up a little and employment and drops only a little. Only a little. Okay. But more positives than negatives. Sure. But when they had the second jump, when they raised it to $13 an hour, the University of Washington found that there was a 3% increase in hourly wages for all low-income workers, mm. but a 9% reduction in the hours they got to work every week. Uh. So their employers were giving them fewer hours because they had to pay them more. Right. And Washington found that that averaged out to about $125 loss per job per month. Wow. Mm. So they basically found that there are some negatives by raising these wages. It gives low-income workers fewer hours. Hmm. That's what Washington found. That's what the Washington hmm. found. Now, the Berkeley study kind of totally contradicted. Huh. They found that wages always increased. Uh, they didn't see a big drop in hours, and they found that these wage hikes achieved the policy goal. Employment was not really affected too much, right? Hmm. So you see these competing results, and you're like, what's the deal? Yeah. Of course, there are different methods and different data that they used. And I actually talked to academics from both Berkeley and Washington. And the Berkeley academic, uh, she basically was like, yeah, I respect those people, but they wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, what I take away from this is, like, 
my big question with all studies is like, how seriously do we take just one study? Mm-hmm. What both of these academics told me on the phone was like, oh, well, we need more studies. Yeah, we need right. to research this more to find out totally what it means. Also, you can't say what Seattle's job situation looks like can mirror Houston's or L.A.'s because cities are different and borders are different and the economies are different. Yet. There's so many headlines from these two studies saying wage hikes don't work or wage hikes yeah. are great. And like we allow these trees to let us not see the forest. And this happens every time. Hmm. Like every other week, there's a study that says coffee is good and yeah. coffee is bad for you. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know why we don't have a more holistic approach to looking at, at things like this. Well, you don't need a study to tell you that coffee is trash. But one of the things that is <laughs> really important is that some of my academic friends talk about is like there, there's all this pressure to not duplicate studies, right? Like there's yes. some, some novel finding. You want to have data and results that don't look like any other results. That are new, right, right. Yes. But it seems like Which maybe... Which makes it harder to check, I Absolutely, guess. <laughs> right. But maybe something like this is controversial. Maybe you end up getting more people like wanting to like throw their, you know, like dive into the fray and do, yeah. you know... Yeah. Oh, I can ahead. see it going either way because on the one hand, you don't want to have a study that's incorrect have a huge impact. Like if you look at vaccines, like oh, that's right, study yeah. is One study is all it takes. One study. study yeah. Exactly. But on the other hand, if you get a study and it turns out to have a good methodology and it goes against sort of the consensus, you want to be able to take that information and assimilate it. So, And I mean, I don't want to imply that there aren't already a lot of studies on these issues. Mm. There's actually studies all the time on wage issues like this. But as we can see just this week, we need more. Even more. more. Mm -hmm. Do some studies. Yeah. But it's funny because, you know. Become a truck driver and do some studies. (laughs) (laughs) That's the takeaway from this week. Yes. Do some studies while you're a truck driver. Get your telemarket on. I mean, get your call center on from your truck. Although that's probably really dangerous. That's very dangerous. Don't do that. Don't do that. You guys, we are rocking and rolling along. It is now time for a game. Uh Uh Want to play? Depends. You have to say yes. Want to play? Yes. Yes. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Okay. If you haven't guessed yet, this is a clip from The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Have you seen this scene? I have seen this scene. Okay. Have you seen this scene? I have not seen this scene. Okay. Well, I'll send you a clip later. Please do. Yes. Yes. Um, It's a really simple game. I share a quote from the week. You have to guess who said that. Is it multiple choice? We'll do three. No, you just throw out your guess. Ready? Alex, you got this. Okay. You don't no, cheer for yourself. Yeah, you you oh, got this. Oh, we, oh, I'm sorry. We oh, it's best Y'all are competing. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> it's curtains, Alice. It's curtains. Yeah. You're going down, Gene. <laughs> First quote. Respect me and my privacy as I'm trying to have a baby. Good day, sir. Serena Williams. Yeah. So you know the backstory to this, right? Yeah. Her so, gorgeous cover shoot. Yeah. So one, she's on the cover of Vanity Fair looking gorgeous and pregnant. Check that out. But two, she was responding to another tennis pro's comments about her performance. Uh, this past weekend, John McEnroe was on NPR, uh, on NPR's Weekend Edition Sunday. Mm-hmm. Shout out Lulu Garcia Navarro. Um, in his book, he called Serena the greatest female player of all time for tennis. And our host Lulu pushed back and said, female or like all the people? Why qualify it? Oh, oh, she's not, you mean the best player in the world, period? Yeah, best tennis player in the world. You know, why, why say female player? Well, because if she was a if she played the men's circuit, she'd be like 700 in the world. You think so? Yeah. So that drew some controversy online, and Serena finally said, "Chill, bro." She also said in a tweet, uh, "Dear John, I adore and respect you, but please, please keep me out of your statements that are not 
factually based. Keep my name out your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> or at least put some respect on put it. Put some respect on my name. Um, what's interesting, though, is that previously Serena Williams herself has talked about how different men's tennis and women's tennis is. Mm-hmm. And she's even kind of said herself that she would not be the number one in the world if she were playing with the men as well. But what you're measuring is different, right? Like you're measuring it's a different game, yeah. right? I mean, you're, she is the most dominant. Yeah, yeah. she's also, also not the world's best polo player, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that right, she's right. like. Yeah. Also, no man has ever won a Grand Slam pregnant. Right. That's, that's true. true. So, that's true. Serena, love you, boo. All right. Next quote. You ready? Let's do it. I apologize. Often womanized, took for my child to be born to see through a woman's eyes. Man, oh, come on, that's Jay Z. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. Literally, well, that's, from, uh, Sorry, guys. that's from four 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 forty four. Four forty four. The new Jay Z album his... that is exclusively available on Tidal. That's from Courtesy the song. Of Sprint. <laughs> four forty four, though, right? I think so. That's from the song. He yes. like apologizing about four forty four cheating on Beyonce. Which is this the Becky? What? Is this Becky? <laughs> No, we'll never know who Becky is. Right. We Becky will never is a, know who uh, Becky is. She's a composite character. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yes. So he apologizes to B for uh, being adulterous, uh, uh-huh. for being emotionally unavailable. Uh-huh. It's, it's, I don't know. It was, it was kind of bracing. To I, didn't to need, I don't need to hear that. But, I mean, also, like, the first time that their relationship is the theme of an entire album, I'm cool. The second time, stop making money off that. Is the whole album about... I mean, a lot of it, I'm guessing. I haven't gotten all the way through it because I can't. I mean, he can't rhyme about, like, being on the corner no more. You rhyme, I mean, he's in Soul Cycle and take care of his, he's a toddler. He's worth $800 million. He, he has all sorts of corny, rich people. You know what I mean? That's true. Oh, that he can't live a different life now that he, Jay-Z his is life cool is dad. Being Jay-Z is, is cool dad. I guess Jay-Z is probably cool dad. Trying to be cool dad. Jay-Z is cool dad. All right. Last quote. You ready, guys? Who's, in, who's winning right now? It's Todd. I think, yeah, Todd. Okay. 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 It's three out out of three, right? Out of three. Out of three. Here we go. Ready? (laughs) Sorry, you got to fall, Alex. You got to (laughs) fall. You people need to be reprogrammed. You continually vote against your own interest. You oh, put people in Congress. I know Congress. this. I know okay, this. Okay, who is it's, it? It's the pro wrestler, yeah. progressive liberal. Oh, yes, that's right. Tell us about this. This is the best thing Oh, in the this world. is literally the only good news this week. This is the best thing in the world right now. <laughs> this it's like, so funny. Not the like, WWE levels, but like, this level down, like pro, pro wrestling circuit. It's an circuit. Appalachian wrestling circuit. Yeah. Pro wrestler, his name is progressive liberal, and he goes and he talks people <laughs> for voting against their own interests. He wears a Hillary t-shirt sometimes. And the crowds jeer him. Oh, they hate him. So the whole thing with wrestling is that like he's a heel. Every wrestling match, there is like the hero and the heel, and the, the heel the is the villain. And the face, yeah. The, yeah I'm yeah. sorry, mm-hmm. the face and the heel. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a win. face who is like the hero and the heel who is a villain, and to be the perfect villain, this guy decided I should just be a liberal. <laughs> But apparently, it worked. He is, he is a liberal. He actually right? is. He yeah. saying, yeah. He's not just like playing. Yeah. He's like, this yeah. is close to my own politics, which he shouldn't admit because now. Now they know for real. Yeah. Yeah. But um, his name is Daniel Richards, or his wrestler name is Daniel Richards. His real name is Daniel Harnsberger. He's a 36 year old real estate agent on the indie wrestling circuit. Uh, and his like name as a wrestler is Progressive Liberal, the quote, most hated character in Kentucky's Appalachian Mountain Wrestling Program. <laughs> That is so funny. And I think his manager pretends he's feeding him the lines so that the crowds won't, like, turn on him. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, he's concerned. It's crazy. So. You know, speaking of this. What ha- do you think his signature move is? Oh, wait, mm. I actually know. I know what this is, but I, I'm forgetting it. But he has one, and it's got, like, a funny name, like. The liberal agenda. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, we actually have some tape of this guy in the ring. It's pretty funny. Anyone who's to stand in my way, I challenge him right now. These are a lost, sick, pathetic people that I'm trying to help. And anyone who wants to stand in the way of Daniel Richards' liberal movement, 
I challenge you right now to come on out because I don't need a title to prove my point. Come on. Wrestling is so weird. Twitter coming to life, basically. Hey! Speaking of wrestling, have you guys watched Glow on Netflix yet? I hear it's amazing. So good. So for those that haven't heard, Glow is this new Netflix series all about a women's wrestling TV show from the 80s. Glow. Gorgeous Ladies of Western Wrestling. That's a real thing? Yeah, I remember that. For the, oh, my God. I didn't realize that's what it was about. Wait, that's a real Wait, thing. It's real? It was a real thing. I grew up watching it. Stop I mean, it. it. wasn't on for very Stop long. It. But no. it was used to come you on like Saturday morning. You watched it? It was like, there was Americana. She was dressed in like all, like a, like Stars and Stripes. <laughs> um, there was uh, Medusa, I want to say. There was a bunch. Of, yeah, I remember this. Wait, this is. It's used to come on Saturday mornings. Okay. That's the real thing. Yeah. So wait, is it good? Oh, it's quite good. So um, really great development of the characters that are playing the wrestlers. Allison Brie has a really big starring role. Love her. Love yeah. And the guy who's directing this whole thing is played by Mark Maron. Really? Does a really good job. Huh. Does a really good job. Watch this show. Okay. I'm on it. Not for the kids, but watch this show. All right. Okay. Um, all right, we're almost done. One more quick break, then we'll come back with the best things from our listeners' week. Support for this podcast and the following message come from ZipRecruiter. If you're looking for top talent, with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Let ZipRecruiter's powerful technology match your job to the right candidates and use their simple dashboard to find the right hire. That's why 80% of jobs on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just one day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com minute. Hey, it's Guy Raz here. If you love this podcast, you might also love the TED Radio Hour. It's a show about what it means to be a human. We grieve, we experience joy, sadness, love, and jealousy. We can be cruel and empathetic. We have the capacity to imagine the future and the past. And at a time when it seems we're so divided, the TED Radio Hour explores what makes us unique among all species. Find it on Apple Podcasts, the NPR One app, or however you get your podcasts. All right, we're almost done, promise. But before we end the show, another plug for Timothy Simons from HBO's Veep. He's on the show on Tuesday. He plays Jonah on Veep. Did you guys watch Veep? Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Isn't Jonah the worst? He's, He's the worst. I hope Endgame is for him to be president. Wow. I feel like a lot of people have predicted that. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean? I, yeah. I'm fully on team that. Yeah. Episode will be up early Tuesday morning, just in time for your cookouts. Your cookouts. Yeah. You say cookout or barbecue? Yeah. Hmm... Or garden party. It depends party. on what they're Who's cooking. Who says garden party? People <laughs> yeah. If you just bring burgers, that's not a barbecue. That's if it's going to be called a barbecue, Easy we need barbecue. some ribs. We need, like, some actual barbecue, some brisket. Like, if you're just grilling burgers and hot dogs, that's a cookout. Same as particular about barbecue because mm. you're from Texas. Yes. You know I mean? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. That's true. you got to yes. have yes. fixings. Fixings. And the, and the actual barbecued meat. Anyway, I could talk about that forever. <laughs> But we're going to end the show as we always do. Each week, I ask listeners to send us a recording of their own voices telling me about the best thing that happened to them all week. And I encourage them to brag. We have a few of those voices here. Take a listen. Hi, my name is Ana, and I'm calling from Los Alamos, New Mexico. The best thing that happened to me last week was when I was in the garden with my 12-year-old son. He told me, Mom, I think I like fierce women. Yeah. I thought he might be inspired by Wonder Woman movie that we watched the previous day. So I asked him, why? And he told me, 
because fierce women are super interesting and cool. And then he looked at me and said, and they remind me of you. Aww. Needless to say, that made me realize I might be doing something right with my parenting. <laughs> Have a nice day. Nice. The best thing that's happened to me this week was that I got an interview to be a teen volunteer at the museum in Washington, D.C. for the oh, summer. Hey, just down the street. My darling bride and I took our four kids to their first Major League Baseball game. Thank you, Milwaukee. You were a great host. After waiting nine months with tickets, I finally got to see the Hamilton musical yes. in Chicago. We got our first foster placement. Oh. And I'm really, really happy we decided to go on this journey with him. Oh. The best thing that happened to me this week was that I got to spend the weekend with my family at the funeral of my amazing grandmother who died at 97 years old. Wow. It was beautiful and sad and so, so great. Hi, my, I'm Celia Gold. Hi, I'm Gus. Oh. The best part of my week is spending time with my family is Mama and hanging out with my cousins. Hey, it's Josh Mictum from Hartford, Connecticut. Tuesday was my birthday, my 40th birthday. Happy birthday, Josh. I promised myself I would do five things on that day. Ooh. Get to work late, <laughs> leave work to go get a haircut at the barbershop, yeah. have jerk chicken for lunch, Yes. have dinner out with my wife and kids, and go out and play music with some musicians I know. And I did all those things. Yes. Yay. So it was a very good birthday. And on top of that, the next day, my wife threw me a surprise party. Yeah. Oh. Yay, Josh. Thanks for your show. I love it. Bye. No, you're crying. You're crying. No, Someone's you're crying. chopping onions. Someone's chopping onions. <laughs> those were beautiful. They were beautiful. So thanks to Anna and Rose, Chris, Jennifer, Melissa, Celine, those twins. Yes. yes. Celia and Gus. And also to Josh. Happy 40th birthday, Josh. Living your best life. It's a great birthday. Turn up. All right. Thank you for those who shared with us. Even if we can't fit yours in the show, know that we listen to all of them. And we really love hearing them. Seriously. Big shout out to folks who also said discovering the show was the best part of their week. That was really nice. So thank you. Again, share your best things all week with me anytime throughout the week. Just record your own voice and send that file to me via email to samsanders at npr.org. Okay, mama, we made it. We did it. Yay! Bell bottoms. Bell bottoms. Bell bottoms. Gene, Alex, thanks for hanging out. This was quite nice. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Check out Gene's work on the Code Switch podcast and blog, which is now 13 months old. (laughs) Read Alex at Washington Post Compost blog and follow both of them on Twitter because they are just lights in a dark sky in my Twitter world. (laughs) I love y'all there. Um, All right. A few more quick thank yous that we didn't fit in last week. Uh, On behalf of Brent and myself, thanks to Uri Berliner uh, and Jeff Rogers. They helped edit the show. Also, thanks to Neil Carruth, who edited us during our beta phase. And a big shout-out to my friend from NPR West in Los Angeles, Nina Gregory, an amazing arts editor out there who helps us book all those Tuesday episodes. Anyways, refresh your feed Tuesday morning for Timothy Simons from HBO's Veep. Until then, rock those bell-bottoms. Thanks for listening. Talk soon. You can say bye if you want bye. to. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>